Hello, and welcome to the Apostolic Church Liverpool podcast. We hope the message you're about to listen to will inspire you, will be a blessing to you, and give you perspective in life. For more of such messages, you can visit our website at www.tac-lona.org.uk. You can also access other messages and resources from our YouTube channel, The Apostolic Church Europe. We hope you're blessed and inspired by today's message. God bless you. Here's the message. Thank you very much, Pastor. Good evening, church. It's a privilege to be in the presence of the Lord. Thank God for nine of our prayer and fasting. Thank God for the grace. Thank God for the testimonies that welling up every day. And we return all glory back to the living God. His name be praised in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank uh, the pastorate for giving me the opportunity as well to uh, bring you God's word. The Lord bless your ministries in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight we'll be looking at practical Christianity. So where we've been coming from, from the book of Titus. Uh, fascinating to see that the author of the book the name of the author of the book was not used to 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 title the book it was the name of the person he was writing to hmm. that was used to title the book you could draw uh, so many things from that selflessness, any other thing you can draw from that. It's good to know that that book is very, the book of Titus binds us together as a church. We looked so far at the church organization and church obligation. We've come through from looking at the older saying, younger saints, Christian slaves, but today we'll be focusing on uh, the practical Christianity, how we want to put all this into action. What's, what's the ultimate goal? Uh, so far, the admi uh, admonition has been from Paul to uh, the spiritual son Titus. However, it extends to the whole church. Amen. Amen. However, it was yeah. given instruction to, to Titus as a person. Now, have you noticed in the past few times that we've heard the voice of the Lord in our midst? I mean, through prophecy, most of the things we hear, my servant, my servant, my yeah. servant. In a, by extension, it's still to the church, but the word of the Lord is coming straight to servant of the Lord so that he can put action to the word so that church can be edified. Amen. 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 Those are the Amen. things we should always see that, yes, this book was written to Titus. However, it's written by extension to both young and old, men, women, boy, girl, 
male, female. And so far we've learned about the qualifications of church leaders, especially into uh, elders and uh, how the qualities that is expected of them all. Amen. Amen. Instructed titles also to silence false teachers and their teachings. And for someone to be able to silence false teachers, he also must be well equipped with the adequate knowledge. Now, if you don't know the original, how would you be able to determine the fake? If we as children of God, we don't know the promises of God to us, when a false teacher comes, how would we be able to identify, differentiate what is true and what is a lie? Amen. Amen. And so far also we've been able to look at how we can fulfill our Christian duties. Like I said earlier, whether old or young, male or female, employers or employees. Yeah. Amen. Now Amen. in our last teaching of the book of, of this same book, that uh, bro, uh, Peter took us through. Um, he really emphasized on grace, mm. and to God be the glory. This month is a, a month of grace, mm. and Pastor has uh, expatiated on on that topic very well on Sunday. We're going to go further in this coming Sunday. One thing, I mean, the things we want to draw out from that study is that grace redeems us. Grace reforms us, grace rewards us. Grace is something we should not take for granted. One of the prayers we prayed, I think when Pastor Lat took us on was that the grace of God will not be taken for granted in our lives. It's a very, very important prayer that we as children of God will not take God's grace for granted. Amen. The grace of God has appeared to all men and it's, it's daily teaching us to, to uh, deny ungodliness. It's daily teaching us to uh, deny worldly lust but to embrace uh, righteousness and godly godliness and holiness amen amen so one thing we must i that stuck with me from last session is not taking god's grace for granted not taking god's grace for granted it's a privilege we are in the presence of god today don't take it for granted many have died Many are nowhere to be found. Many are living, but are dead while living. So I want you to, in one minute, I want you to close your eyes and thank God for the grace to be alive. In one minute, I want you to open your heart wide to God and say, Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you for where I am today. Thank you for where you have brought me from. Thank you because you have redeemed me with your grace. Thank you for salvation. Lord, I thank you because every day I'm getting better. 
you reform me, you sanctify me every day. I don't take your grace for granted, oh Lord. Thank you for the grace you've given me that your Holy Spirit dwells within me. Thank you for Thank you for the grace I have that I have not lost any member of my family. Thank you for the grace I have. Thank you. Where you daily load me with your benefits. Thank you for the grace I have. Because I am in the land of the living. Thank you for thank you for the grace I have. Because I am not where I used to be. Thank you for the grace I have today, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for the grace you have showered me and my family with. Thank you. Lord, I thank you. Thank you for the grace you've given me to come into your presence boldly. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the grace you've given me. For provision, for protection, for preservation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Almighty God, we thank you. We return all glory back to you. Thank you, Jesus. We will not take you for granted, O Lord. We will not take you for granted. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Amen. We want to build on these points, which Paul, I'm, I'm telling you, Titus is a very interesting book to read. Within 30 minutes, you are done with the whole book. Chapter one, two, three. Very interesting. And what is it doing? Paul wants to show us what God's grace looks like when it is applied to godly living. So he started with the, 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 the attributes, the characteristics of such leaders, of uh, him as a leader, who is going to instruct the church. He talks about older men, younger men, men, women. He talks about the characteristics that is needed for anyone who has eternity in focus. Amen. Next slide, please. Amen. Amen. And so for, I mean, everyone's again, once and again, we as believers in Jesus Christ must be reminded of what Christ has done for us. That's his grace and who we are in him. And that's our identity. Now, it's very important for us to, I mean, we all know that we forget things. If, I, if I'm going to ask any one of us, uh, okay, what did Elder Fatukasi take us through? We may not remember or what did uh, uh, even Bropita, what did he say? What, what are the pertinent things that he said last week or two weeks ago? We may not remember because we have this natural tendency to forget things, especially if they are not written down. So let's, let's okay, let's start with chapter uh, three. Let's read the whole verse that I'm going to focus on. Then we take it verse by verse. Verse 1 says, remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, 
excuse me, to be gentle, showing all humility to all men. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, toward men appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. The Lord bless his words in our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's dive Amen. into the verse by verse analysis. Verse one, remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities to obey, to be ready for every good work. Now, remind them is what we want to focus on. I mean, every one of us can read, remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities to obey, to be ready for every good work. I think it's self-explanatory. But there are some things in between the lines. Don't forget, we started from the aspect of we have the tendency, natural tendency to forget things. So why do we come to Bible study every Thursday? Or why do you attend Bible study sessions? So far, if you measure your age and the number of Bible study sessions you've gone through, you would have covered the Bible, if I'm correct. <laughs> If you measure your age for any 40-year-old or 50-year-old, if you have been going to Bible study sessions every week, you should have covered Genesis to Revelation. But can we remember them all? No. It's whatever the Spirit brings to your remembrance at that point in time. That's if you have taken time to make use of it, not just being hearers, but doers of it. Amen. Amen. So reminding us, I mean, it's a privilege I'm here to do something to do to, today to remind you. So let's start by saying that, brethren, Jesus is coming soon. How many of you rem remember that? Jesus is coming soon. Let me remind you that there is eternal life and there is eternal damnation. I'm here to remind you that our choices here on earth will determine our eternity. Amen. Amen. Let me Amen. also remind you that there is a possibility of falling from grace. There is a possibility of falling from grace. Let me remind you that there is a broad way and there's a narrow way. But within that, let me also remind you that Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said he is the vine, and we are the branches. 
And he said, we can do nothing apart from him. Let me also remind you that husbands, let's love our wives. Let me remind you that wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands as unto the Lord. Let me remind you that the grace of God has appeared to all men and it teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. The essence of all these things is to make us better Christians so that while we are here on earth, we can get prepared for our lives in eternity. Don't forget that the grace of God that has appeared to all men is the one who has redeemed us. It has redeemed us. I mean, if you look at that verse three, it was talking about we ourselves had, our, our destination was, 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 was heading towards doom. But because the grace of God has appeared to us, thank you very much. For we ourselves, we were once foolish, we were disobedient, we were deceived. We're serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of our God, our Savior, towards man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, which to his mercy, he saved us through the washing and regeneration of and renewing of his Holy Spirit. And we can go on and on and on. Well, I'm here to remind you that the grace of God has found you and is asking us to remind you as we come in for Bible study every Thursday or whenever you have the chance to study the word of God yourself. It's reminding us to engage and be better every day as God's children. We want to prepare yourself for the meeting of the master. God, remember God is too holy to behold iniquity. Yes, I know we are going, we are transforming every day. We are transforming every day. Through the work of sanctification, we are transforming every day. But we are here to also remind ourselves so in this context of verse one, he's saying we should remember to be subject to rulers. So he's telling Titus to remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities to obey, to be ready for every good work. Now rulers and authorities here cut across anyone who is a ruler, anyone who is an authority. But from the church, to the society, the society where we live in. So we are reminded of so many things, which we are here. That's what we come to do every day. We, so, so many of us can find some other thing to do, but because you have chosen to be in, in the fellowship of the saints, that is what we will always do until Jesus comes. Amen. So Paul's focus here is on Christian ethical, of 
obligations to governments and civic authority. Civic authority. Let's not forget we are under a government and civic authorities. Whatever that is asked that we should do is expected of us to do. Amen. Romans chapter 13 verse Amen. 1 says, every person is to be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God and those which exist as established by God. Is there any question at this point in time, please? Any questions? Uh, praise God. Yes. Hallelujah. Also, a few questions, I think, uh, practicality. Because I like what was said uh, that uh, you, you must have gone through a lot of Bible studies, but we, we thank God because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God. We have to keep hearing because we ate yesterday, we also eat today, we still eat tomorrow. We eat when we're 90, we carry on the same way. We're going to carry on hearing the word of God forever and ever because the journey of sanctification is a lifelong journey to glorification. But the area, the question I want to quickly put in is that there was something that was said that we can quickly discuss uh, called mini plenary so that people can take a uh, practical, practical lesson. We said, you make reference to uh, pastor's prayer, which was a very good one yesterday, that we will not abuse the grace of God. So can we quickly discuss in a few minutes, how do we abuse the grace of God? So that at least that can resound in us before we now go deeper into how to be subject to rulers, authorities, and to obey every authorities. Can we welcome uh, Pastor Ben? Input from everyone, please. Thank you. How do we take God's grace for granted? How do we abuse the grace of God? It's a blessing. Okay, so it's a blessing, go on. Praise the Lord. We could abuse the grace of God if we know as, as children of God that we are sinning. Uh, because the Bible says that we cannot continue in sin and expect grace to abound. We continue to sin and then you expect, because you know that once you ask God for forgiveness of sin and you continue to walk in that sin. That's how we can abuse grace. Amen. Thank you very much. That's very important. Um, may, I, may I also say, um, I was going to say that, you know, when we don't know that we have something or the usefulness of something, um, abuse is inevitable. So um, if, we, if we are not aware of what we have, if we are not aware of it, if we are not conscious that we have it, it's likely that we are abusing it. And if we don't understand it, it's likely that we are going to abuse it. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, when the purpose of something is not known, abuse is inevitable. Mm. And we don't know the purpose of grace. We, may, we, we, may, we are likely to abuse it. And from Sister Blessing's point, uh, knowingly 
disobeying mm. knowingly you are you are disobeying god's laid down instructions that's that's taking god's grace for granted sister miss and go on um praise god um oh, yeah. so one way i can think of is um, just like we have said um are we appreciating the grace of god in our lives um, we have received, um, so we have been saved um, by grace or by faith through grace. How do we say it again? I forgot it anyway. <laughs> uh, so uh, we have been saved, but it is easy to um, look down on people who have not been saved because we have that knowledge of salvation. We can look down on others who have not been saved instead of having um, a mind of mercy and pray for the person. We can always be like, oh, um, that person is is a sinner and just yeah. So that's one way we can, I believe. And another one is um health as well. So um if um by grace we we are healthy and God looks after us and all that, and then I can just decide and say, well, um, if I'm healthy, I don't go for checkups, mm. I don't look after myself, and I just um let myself go because the grace of God abounds. Yeah, that's one. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, any other person? Okay. Hmm. Pastor, you want to say something? You know, I think uh, I like all the answers that we all get, starting from Sister Blessings to Esther, Lioness, Mission, and all of that. That's really good. But I just, I was thinking of the practicality in my mind. And one of the ways I think sometimes we do abuse it that we don't softly, that we don't know is, say, for example, uh, my students, I give them, normally I give them homework every week. So, and it's got deadline. So say I give them homework. Normally I give them, I meant to give them on Wednesday, they bring it back to following so that they don't say, oh, so I was doing this, I couldn't do this, I don't do this, I can't do this. But just to give them more time, more grace, I set it every Sunday so that instead of the policy of getting awareness, then bring it back on Thursday. I set it on Sunday so they have enough time to peruse it and to check it. So when they now come, maybe on Wednesday, and say, where's the homework? Oh, sorry, sir, please, uh, can't, don't put me into trouble, don't do this. So I give them more grace, so don't worry. But tomorrow you must give it to me. So I'm ascending the grace to them. Then the following day, I say, okay, one more time, make sure you don't do it. And they still don't bring it. I'm extending the grace again to them. Then I tell them, you have all this weekend. By Monday, we're going to give you. If you don't get it that time, and they still come back and say, you know what? And they say, oh, well, something happened during the weekend. They have genuine reasons, but at that time, they abuse that grace I've given them to extend it. Now, that's not even where I'm going. I'm thinking of the practicalities that where I'm going is that say some other people in between that time. So the deadline has gone and they now brought it maybe on Friday and I still accept it. Then on Monday, what you notice with, with other people is that, oh, but you now put other ones that fear now fail them. They say, oh, sir, it's not fair. This is not fair. This is not fair. So that is where Christians always get it wrong. Yeah, because then we confuse justice and grace. Because we don't deserve it. That's the essence of grace. We don't deserve it. What we don't deserve any merit. We don't even deserve it. That's the essence of grace. Undeserved. 
But now when you say, oh, say it's not fair, it's not fair. We now go back to all of you that say it's not fair and fear all of you because you have confused justice and grace. So sometimes we can go back to God and say, God, look at you, can compare our life, compare this, compare this, and say, God, you've not been fair to me. God, you've not been doing this. That's where we confuse justice and grace. Whereas we have not think about the things he has done, that if the way we are today, at least for our salvation, if Christ has not done, don't do anything against for us, we should be grateful for life. So that is confusing justice and grace. And that's when we abuse the grace of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, Pastor, for that practicality. Now, another thing I mean, where husbands can take wives for granted, I mean, they abuse the grace of the wife. Let's put it that way. Wives can also do likewise. Uh, parents can do likewise to children. And children can do likewise to uh, their parents. Because they've gotten too used to the other party that we just take their presence for granted. Uh, they will not lose our value while on earth, in Jesus' name. <laughs> It's very important for us sometimes where, where, where you look back, sometimes I just wake up and I'm like, wow, okay, I'm in the UK. And I know years back, maybe 10, 15 years ago, I usually wanted to come into the UK. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? So now I just look at it. I, I just say, thank God for this opportunity to be here today. Things that I dreamt about, now I have them. Now, it cuts across also reminding ourselves of the things we, we, you know, that's why I took us through that session of thanking God consciously that where we were before, where we are now is miles apart, is miles apart. And we enjoy the grace of God to be where we are today. It's not by anyone's power. It's not by anyone's uh, uh, doing. Amen. So let's come back to this aspect of rulers and authorities. Now, how do we, I'm trying to picture something here. Let's remember the testimony pastor gave yesterday about uh, the lady who, who, or the family that wanted to put in an application and by government rule or, or guidance, they, were, they should leave. Amen. But they had to approach the master <laughs> who has the all authority over governments. Amen. Amen. They had to approach the master, that's God himself, who has authority over all governments and authorities to, to use the grace, amen. I mean, that is very phenomenal to me. So no matter what, your life is in God's hands. And because God is the author and finisher of your faith, you always go back to him whenever you are challenged. Sometimes, yes, what the government Sometimes, okay, let's go back to our home country. Let's not stay within here. <laughs> let's go back to our home country. 
and look at how uh, some, I think there's a school of thought that says that practicing Christianity in Nigeria is harder <laughs> than practicing Christianity here in the UK. <laughs> How many people, you, you, have you come across that? Thank you, Sister Blessing, for nodding. <laughs> practicing, why do we say so? I mean, when we're looking at the context of the government I'm talking about, we see what's happening in the country, I mean, back home in Nigeria, and we compare it to where we are today. And you look at how did I even survive in that country? Whereas God says we should obey all these authorities. Amen. But yeah. what we can do as Christians, the practical way as Christians, when we are looking at how we should install governments, because they have the authority over us eventually when they rule, is to always go back to the Father. But let's not forget that we have a high priest who is not, who cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities. Amen. Amen. So, but Paul still reminds us, even as children of God, that we should be subject to rulers, to authorities. Here in, the, in this country, you need to do, pay your dues. When they say pay your dues, whatever the government says you have to do if you want to remain a, a, a resident of this country. Because number one, it points others to your good works. Show me your faith and I will show you my, you my faith with works. So I wouldn't want to show you my faith and I'm lacking in one area. Amen. 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 Many of us, something came to my uh, to my uh, understanding some few days ago that sometimes we are Christian in real life, but when you dream, when you are dreaming about, when you are asleep, when you are dreaming, are you that same personality when you are a practicing Christian, when you are, when you are awake? Amen. I want you to ruminate over it in a second or two. What's your personality like when you are dreaming? Do you do things that you shouldn't be doing while you are sleeping, while you are in your dream? It cuts across you, your personality, where you are. Your personality should always re remember that you are a child of God, wherever you are because you need to be ready for every good work. Your life must, must, must show that you are a child of God. You are a citizen of heaven. And what must be done? A child of God must live a righteous life, a holy life. Amen. 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 Now in this Amen. country, if you don't pay your tax, there are consequences. In this country, if you don't do what you are asked to do, if you don't obey road signs, you'll bear the consequences. Maybe the consequences are there to put a check and balance to, for everyone. But where the checks and balances are not there, what would you do? Would you just run off a red light if there are no consequences? No. Amen. Amen. Next slide, please. 
Uh, praise God. Uh, I just I want to just bring something out there uh, that before we move on, it's a, when the, the key word also there is a remind them. That word is very significant. So remind them. So the the original translation of that remind them is like compel them. So it's not a suggestion. So if you read it as a reminder, it's like, say, ah, hey, maybe for God, let me just remind you then that, no, it's saying remind them. The way that word originally, before, uh, the original translation, what he's saying is that so it's like a mother talking to his uh, baby. So you are going out and say, listen, this way we are going, or this uh, shop we are going, don't do this, or as you are going to school, Make sure you go straight to don't ever. So he's telling you, reminding you that when these things are not done, there are certain consequences. And those consequences are not from actually him. It's the consequences are just natural. Just like in the case of Adam and Eve. So he's saying, remind them, remind them, tell them that he's just telling them that this is the, these things are natural. So when he tell Adam and Eve, that this is the authority. Don't eat from that and eat from this. Eat. Don't eat from the tree in the middle of the garden. Eat from this, eat for everything else. So we reminded them that when they go, the consequences are there. So just to let us know that these things are not like uh, uh, fables. They're not like a suggestion. But maybe if you wish, sometimes just, just obey. Sometimes if you don't. Because the consequences are just natural. Praise God. So I just thought to bring that into our notice. Thank you very much. Sir. Compelling them is another version. Yeah. Most Titus, I mean, Paul was instructing uh, Titus to ensure that they, they remember. They know the rules. They know the consequences. Pastor, next slide, please. Okay, so the second part, which I've started already, is about to be ready for every good work. Now, he's reminding them. Paul is reminding, I mean, he's asking Titus to remind the children, I mean, the church there, that as children of God, what you should always focus in is you must be ready for every good work. So in other words, our lives as believers is not divorced from the world where we live in. It should not be so heavily minded that we become utterly useless. Amen. Amen. It's to set our things on eternal things. We must then go on and live, serve, love practically and daily with that eternal mindset still intact. Amen. Amen. Now, one thing I want us to always understand is that our life here, I mean, it's just a reminder that our life here, this is not the end. We are marching to a city called Zion. Amen. And where is Zion? Bible talks about, it describes Zion as a place that is appointed by the Lord, where his followers can live and serve God. Amen. Amen. Scripture refers to Zion as the city of holiness. Amen. As a city of refuge where the Lord protects his people from the evils of the world. So 
our focus should always be eternity, eternity, eternity. However, because we are focusing on eternity, it doesn't mean we should now be utterly useless. We should now forget, okay, the, 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 what is required of us here. By their fruits, you shall know them. We should bear fruits that will attract others to the God that we serve, starting from our home. We should teach our children the way to love and obey even the government that we are subject to here. Mm. So it cuts across being ready. Our life should always be ready for every good work until we go back to meet our master in heaven. Amen. Amen. Don't forget that. Amen. Bible says in Obadiah 117, upon Mount Zion there shall be deliverance and it will be holy. It will be holy. So our lives must surround holiness to attract others to God. So we must be relevant here on earth as well. Next slide, Pastor. And this is verse two. So I'm wondering maybe we could stop on verse one because it's seven o'clock already. Yeah, all right. And then transition into the prayer point. Okay. Mm. Can you give us some concluding thoughts? Okay, so in conclusion, let us... Let us focus more on how we can bring eternity to be attractive to people here mm. with our lifestyle. Our lifestyle should depict holiness and it must draw others to Christ. May the Lord bless his word in our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen.